I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook question and answer podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. If you're sitting there going, oh, Tim sounds like he's lacking a bit of gusto this week. Well, you're probably right. It's an early morning here, and the reason for that being is that we have a very special guest coming all the way from the Netherlands. I know you're sitting there thinking, Tim's got Peter van den Hoogen being the former Dutch champion swimmer online. Nah, we've done one better. We've got Socceroos skipper and NRL Supercoach fanatic, Matty Ryan. Matty, welcome back to the show, mate. Timmy, good morning, mate. Uh, appreciate the, the early rise to get me on board. As you said there, mate, I uh, love the Supercoach, so it's nice to kick off the, the, my first involvement uh, with you boys. Mate, you're an absolute Parramatta Eels tragic. You've got to be in cahoots with some of the boys there. You've got to be getting some of the information around the hookers there, what Brad Arthur's doing with his team, something. Mate, uh, for the moment, I haven't got much, but um, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. That's uh, that's what I'll leave it at. So, uh, yeah, if, uh, if I can get you any inside info, I'll, um, I'll be sure to let you know as I've... I feel I've done in the past. Maddie working in cahoots for us there. Uh, Maddie, first time back on the show for the 2024 NRL Supercoach season. Obviously, you've been on on the, in the past. Uh, we've got your team reveal up on site, scplaybook.com.au. Uh, before we do get stuck into the questions from the SC Playbook subscribers, mate, coming fresh off the Asian Cup over there, uh, a bit of a, a – it was a really good campaign, a disappointing sort of late last minute exit against South Korea. How's that campaign for you, mate? How'd you see it all? Yeah, ultimately is um, you know, you sort of summarize it with being a disappointment. I mean we'd set our you know, our sights on, you know, winning the you know, the tournament and uh, obviously that didn't eventuate. Uh, anyone that obviously was across the game, you know, was uh, done and dusted for us in pretty uh, devastating circumstances, sort of, you know, last kick of the game with a penalty and and it just sort of spoiled after that with a red card in extra time and and a bit of uh, class from from our good mate son uh, oh, yeah. from Tottenham. But uh, yeah, uh, ultimately a disappointment. But yeah, as we know in life, you know through the adversity, um, you know it's a, it's a real asset and, and skill to be able to take what you can learn from you know the the adversity that you face and and the hardship that you face and. You know, we'll be doing our best to, you know, learn from what we we did wrong and what we also did well to try and make ourselves stronger moving forward. And 
you know, we'll be there in uh, in Sydney in March to take on Lebanon in the the next stage of the the World Cup qualifiers, and uh, you know, we'll be looking at a strong response there. Uh, strong response there. Sorry. Oh yeah, and that's it. Uh, it's a, a disappointing way to go out, but at the hands of one of the world's best players, Sonny over there, the star of Tottenham. So not the first club he's, or team he's done it to, I should say, and it certainly won't be the last. And, mate, you're, you are based over in the Netherlands at the moment, AZ Alkmaar. How's that all going? Banking clean sheets like they're going out of fashion. <laughs> yeah, mate. Um, yeah, it was obviously after that disappointment with the Asian Cup, um, you know, I was able to flick the switch pretty quickly because – you know, we all pretty much took off the next day after the loss and got back over here to our clubs because we're in the middle of the season. So, you know, all attention has, um, you know, turned to here again now and we're uh, we're in fourth place at the minute uh, on the table and, you know, we're we're right amongst it for the European, European places to come the, the end of the season and uh, yeah, just do all I can to help the team, you know, finish as high as we can on the table and win as many games on the run home. Good stuff, mate. Now, the people are here to get your Supercoach insights. And I'm going to start with your team reveal on site. This was released a few days before the first weekend of the pre-season challenge. Uh, so that site is up on the site. There are a few players that you mentioned. There's been a bit of chopping and changing since the trials that we'll update that at some point. But basically, uh, the framework's all there. And I'm just going to throw a few players at you and get a few thoughts from your side and, mate, the first one that caught my eye was Jacob Kiraz. We've spoken a bit about him on the podcast. Hopefully fit firing. He's good to go this year and he's in your side. Yeah, there was actually a bit of confusion around that. I didn't have him in, in my side, but he was one that I was going to be looking at to, to try and get in. But um, Yeah, there was, yeah people, I mean, uh, there was people in the comment section that were saying you were rorting yeah. the cap. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that, but uh, <laughs> that's why I had try and clarify that uh, I didn't have him in at that point but uh, he's one that I'm definitely you know been looking at he was one that I you know I got him in pretty early uh, last season I was obviously after he started uh, like a house on fire and he got injured and I went early on him sort of bringing him back in after the injury and obviously it's well known how he was sort of then carrying the injuries for the rest of the season and Looking at you know at his scores, even though he had those few niggles, he he still scored you know fairly solidly in that time. But mm. he didn't obviously hit those tons that I was after. But um, you know if if he's uh, been able to use the off season to freshen up and get his body right, and he can produce what he did, you know against I think it was the Melbourne Storm there early last year. Um, yeah, you know he's, he's a force to be reckoned with, a, a little bit like a you know a Greg Marju, but you know how much cheaper is he? One hundred fifty k cheaper, or you know something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, fair bit. He's definitely one. He's one I've got my eye on, that's for sure. Yeah, one that I really want to get into my team, but struggling to fit uh, two sort of primo CT dubs in my side at the moment. So I don't have him, but geez, I want him, mate. The other one you had there, uh, and this was prior to a really good trial performance, and that's Satili Tupanua returning from a lengthy injury layoff. Mate, really good signs from him in the trial, scored a great try. And while there's still a bit of uncertainty around the edges at the Roosters, uh, that must have filled you with a bit of confidence. Yeah, mate, fresh off listening to you boys on the podcast um, that you sort of did yesterday, your time. Um, obviously, there's a lot of minutes to be shared there amongst, you know, that forward pack at the Roosters. But, uh, yeah, not too long ago, obviously, Tupanua was there occupying, I think, that right edge for the Roosters, you know, um, before his sort of injury-ravaged season last year and obviously the Roosters' poor form as well. But, um, you know, from memory, I don't think he's... 
He's not someone that gets through a lot of work and he doesn't have a high base, but I remember sort of yeah, two seasons prior, I think he found the line quite quite a fair bit. And, you know, at his price, I, f- I feel there's a bit of value there. And uh, as soon as that trial last week, he was sort of starting there ahead of Wong. I sort of I sort of flipped Wong out and, and pushed Satili in and, uh, yeah, got him for the moment. Yeah, for sure, mate. That's it. And a tick under 400K, I mean, obviously you want him playing the 80 minutes and, and the, the base might not, might not be there for the equivalent of, you know, the best two RFs, but at the same time, he's priced at half that of the best two RFs in the game. He's got so much attacking upside. Uh, and the last one to touch on, Ryan Pappenhausen. You've got him locked in at fullback alongside Caelan Ponga. Mate, as two blokes who paid over a million bucks for KP last season, let's not talk about him. Let's talk about little Pappy because that's much more a much more optimistic, happy chat. And Pappy came back against a strong doggy side in a weekend storm outfit. He looked terrific, looked electric, <clears throat> like he'd hardly missed a beat. Didn't kick goals is the concern. So it was a funny one coming out of the trial going, all right, he's ticked all the boxes with ball in hand, but the goal kicking, that's a concern if he doesn't kick going into the year. Where do you sit with Pappy after the trial? Yeah, I've, uh, I've changed my team around to uh, get Tommy Turbo in. Um, oh, yeah. Basically, yeah. I mean, like you said, Pappy with the goal kick in, you know, is is less appealing in that sense. On top of obviously, you know, the injury, you know, history that he's had. Uh, I think um, that obviously there's value at his price, but I think there's you can get too far left behind if you haven't got one of these other premium options. Um, and yeah, I've, you know, I've gone with Turbo. I mean, arguably he sort of had a pretty. Well, I mean, we're all. We're all aware of he's been pretty injured over the years and all that as well. But, um, you know, I was listening to you, you guys talk the other day about his numbers, you know, in those seasons, obviously mm. the, you know, the, the COVID season. And then even last year um, when he came back and was playing, um, you know, and, and his injury, you know, it wasn't his hammy like he touched on. It was his pec, um, which is perhaps a positive sign that, you know, obviously hamstring injuries and deep tissue injuries like that can, can sort of linger and, and be problems. But um, I think the, there is some positive in, in that it, was, it wasn't it was that injury. Um, and, yeah, you know, he's, a, he's an absolute freak. And, um, you know, they're, they're pretty strong, the, the Manly Seagulls, and they've got a decent run and he can, he can take the game into his own accord when he wants to. So uh, I've brought him in for, for Papi for the moment. Beautiful, mate. Yeah, if Tommy Turbo comes out and averages 30 over the first three rounds at about, what is he, eight, over 800K just about, I am going to be getting death threats in the mail because gave him some serious spruiking and uh, at that price, as I said, hopefully Tommy pays off and look, I'm confident he will. Mate, let's get stuck into some questions from the SC Playbook subscribers via our WhatsApp chat. And the first one comes from Tyson Jones saying, hey, mate, two for me. He's getting, getting in early, Tyson. Going hard. I like that. If Kane Bradley keeps the starting spot for round one, is he a must-have? I don't think we – I think we skipped by for whatever reason. Kane Bradley maybe getting uh, named on the edge for the Storm on the Playbook podcast on Tuesday night. 238K. We're all sort of hoping Sean Bloor would be named on the edge. So read into it what you will. But Kane Bradley, who played Queensland Cup last year, on the wing, as well as spending time in the back row, he played two games in very limited time for the Storm last season. Maddie, he's an interesting one because at 238K, if he's a starting edge back rower, you've almost got to have him in your team, I think. He's only CTW at the moment, 
I would imagine he's one of these players that will get dual CT dub to RF by round one after this weekend's trials, or at least I hope so. But it look, it came out of the blue. It, took, it sort of shell-shocked me. I expected any number of players to be there before Kane Bradley, but he's done enough to impress uh, Craig Bellamy in the preseason to get a start over prize recruit Sean Bloor. So, look, if he's named there round one, hard to pass up, especially if he's dual position. Where do you sit on it? And on the back of that news, mate, um, that he was named, I, I put him straight into my team, into my CT dub. Mm. Obviously, it's a little bit scarce at the minute, the cheapies around. Um, you know, in that position, a lot, you know, a lot of those Raiders boys and all that, um, a lot of uncertainty around it. And so I, I threw him straight in um, at, you know, next to bottom dollar. And, you know, Storm, they've, they've named a pretty, you know, strong side to, you know, run out in their trial you know, come the weekend and, you know, he, he's in there and I've obviously got Bloor on the bench. Obviously, things can change from here on, you know, until the start of the season. But for me, I've put him straight in there as a as a placeholder and, yeah, fingers crossed, if he can, um, yeah, be playing on that edge for the Storm come round one, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have him in my CT dub and play him. Oh, far, well, that's it, mate. If it's... <clears throat> Pardon me. If he does land a big minute role there, he not only becomes a cheapie, but... I mean, he's near identical to Ben Trebojevic. A CT dub sort of turned to RF. He becomes a very playable option in his 17 each week as a, as a hopefully a big minute back rower. Mate, part two from Tyson. Same goes for Jamin Salmon. Is, if if he's starting 13 come round one, do we flip Josh Curran to him? So Salmon, I'm less keen on for a few reasons. Firstly, he's just that bit more expensive, or almost 100k more expensive at 317k. Again, dual 2RF CT dub, a shock in the, the team announcements for the week. And again, we know it's a trial game, so you take it with a grain of salt. But name to start at 13, Josh Curran off the bench. I still think Josh Curran is going to be the starter come round one. But let's say, hypothetically, Jamin Salmon does start round one. Maddie. I see him playing a heavy ball-playing lock role and doing a lot of passing, being the link man between probably you know Hutchinson, Matty Burton, whoever that halfback does end up being. I He averaged 35 minutes last year off the bench for the Panthers. I'm still not convinced he'll score well enough or get the minutes enough to warrant buying. I think to be relevant, he'd probably need 55 to 60 minutes plus, uh, which with Josh Curran there, I just don't see him getting, but if he comes out and brains the trial this weekend, oof, I mean, he'll be an option, but not for me. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, I think you touched on the key points there and that, yeah, he's more that ball playing, um, yeah, 13 there in the middle. Um, I'm not sure, you know, in the games he's played, obviously, for Penrith in the past, um, what position he's, he's played more often. And... In saying that, you know, what his base is like, has he been more ball playing when he played at the Panthers as well, you know, and, and didn't really have a, a high base? Um, I think you might have said that he was 100k more expensive than Josh Curran mm. there, but I think he's actually he's cheaper, isn't he? Sorry, mate, then, um, then Kane Bradley. Ah, Kane Bradley, yeah, sorry, 100, yeah, 100k yeah, more expensive than Kane Bradley. Um, yeah, I still, it looks a funny one to me. I'll be very surprised if Josh Curran isn't named there to start and, and sort of, yeah, Salmon then is an impact player off the bench to, yeah, obviously come on and, and do exactly yeah. that. But, um, yeah, if, if it's if it's not like that, come round one and, and Salmon is, is starting, then, 
you've you've got to give him the respect and at least look at getting him in your side. Hmm. Mate, question from Hugh Corcoran. No, it's not. Question from David. I'm on holidays and haven't watched a single trial. Who are the main cheapies that are pretty safe and who are the TLT pending ones? I am putting together my big cheapies analysis on site uh, that will be up either today, probably on Friday, but hopefully get it up tonight at some point. So that will all be there. And it's, it's a bit later than a lot of the other articles on site. And the reason for that being, to be honest, I don't like putting it out before this stage of the season. I know it's all fun and games and we get a good read and it helps with that with squads in January, but you really, it's just a complete guessing game. And I use someone like Kane Bradley uh, as a, as a great example of this. Once we've had one weekend of trials to look at along with the team list for round two with much stronger squads becomes a lot easier and a lot, lot more relevant to do the cheap yarn. So hopefully up on site today, if not, should be tomorrow at the latest uh, just quickly touch on those by those Sammy Hughes. If Hands or Lust can get an 80 minute gig at the Eels, they'll be great picks. Morgan Smithies, 345k. The cheapies I've got on site are under 350k. Ben Trebojevic. Uh, but mate, there's uh, there's a lot of question marks, as there is every preseason, around a lot of these cheapies. The Raiders boys in particular, I'm going a little bit cold on. Question question from Hugh was around Tupanua, so we'll brush past that one. Question from Brendan. Morning, Tim. Morning, mate. I've heard Chance Nickel Cookstad may miss the first three rounds. Does this bring RTS into solid consideration? I believe that RTS will be locked into centre this season, barring you know numerous injuries. And I think the trial team for round two suggests that with Tane Torpiki being named at fullback once again for them and RTS still at centre. So in terms of RTS as a buy, look, if he was to play fullback round one, hell yeah, I'd buy him, even if it was only meant to be for about three weeks uh, at a tick over 500K. Matty, he looked unreal in the trial. Looked like he had not missed a beat. I was concerned, though, from a super coach perspective, particularly early on the season, the points might not be flowing. He just stayed in that left corridor. He didn't roam like I sort of hoped he would. So I'm going to avoid for now, if he comes out and he roams and plays almost as like a second fullback in this trial at stages, I'll be very keen on him. What did you make of RTS? Is he someone on your radar or are you happy to wait? Yeah, I think he's going to be a watch. I mean, I did catch the highlights as I did of every trial at the weekend. And yeah, I mean, his, his pedigree, he, he looked the goods, you know, the shots that he was putting on. And you know, the thing that, you know, Caught my eye as well as a few of the highlights I've seen him where he's obviously attacking the line, getting you know some good ball there on the you know he's on the left he played yeah yeah on the left um, and and he's just got that ability where he looks like he's going to do something every time he carries that ball whether it's you know get an arm free and get an offload and put someone else away you know break a tackle and and get a line break himself um, and I think looking as good as he did you know, I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, SJ and and the ball players there try and send some more traffic his way because you know that he's a, you know, he's an absolute gun of an NRL player, and you know you want to obviously feed these sorts of players. So, at his price, you know, I'll definitely not, you know, hold it against anyone getting getting him into their their team to start the season. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, a fullback, a hundred percent, he would be in. But yeah, there uh, on the left wing, I mean. Obviously, you mentioned a lot about these Roman sort of centers that you want to see, you know, all over, the, you know, all over the field. I mean, how many? My question to you is like, why? 
I mean, I understand the concept of Roman, get more hands on the ball, get more, I guess, base stats, opportunities of attacking stats. But how many players have you actually known to roam? You know, some examples yeah. in your head in the park. It's a great question, mate, um, because I do bring it up all the time and there's not been a ton of them. The biggest example is Tom Trebojevic in origin. He is like the epitome stand-up example of a roaming centre. He did it, I mean, he did it a little bit even briefly last year before getting injured, but uh, I think it was, I don't think he played the series before, but it was in it was 2021 that we knocked him. I think we lost 2021-2021, and we, we put him to the sword a bit there. And that season when Teddy was fullback, or that series I should say, and Turbo on the trail were at centre, <clears throat> And Tommy Turbo was just looming around the ruck. He was all over the field. I think it was probably the first time that I'd really seen it and gone, oh, my goodness, Like I love this philosophy from, from a coach to get a, a gun centre roaming. And not every player can do it. You know, you've got to be very fit. You've got to be able you know, to get across and support play and do all that, but then get back to your position to be able to hold shape uh, you know, for whatever edge it might, you might be on. So Tommy's the main one. Other ones that we've seen do it at times, we even saw last year, or it might have been the year before, the Cowboys with Val Holmes, and weirdly enough, Peter Hicku did it a little bit and was like going from side to side at times, and he would chime in to backline movements on the other side of the field. Uh, and the other one that we've seen do it at times as well, and I do not know why they, they don't get him doing it more, probably because they've got too many attacking weapons and they need to simplify things a little bit. But Joey Manu at the Roosters at times as well will chime in uh, into the back line, whether it's coming out of their own end and just support playing a little bit as well. So, so they're the main ones. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I know you've talked about, you know, wanting to see AJ Brimson do a similar thing at the tight ends, you know, now that he's moved to the centers as well. Um, You know, whether he's obviously a little bit of a smaller body, but, you know, he's he's got tackle-busting ability and can find a gap. But, yeah, I think, I just think Tulvasashek, if he's there on that left edge and they're feeding him ball and every time he's touching it, he's looking like he's going to get an attacking stat. Even if he's not Roman, I still, you know, I, I don't mind you know, from what I saw off the last trial to maybe have another watch to see how he goes this week. And if he's killing it again, even if he's not Roman, I could see why people would go him. And that's a good point you make, mate, because I, and the way I probably sell it and, and rave on about wanting to see players roam, and you mentioned Brimson there, you mentioned two of us a share. If they're not roaming, it doesn't make them not a good buy. Like two of us a share already on the radar. I'm not going to start with him just because I want to see NRL level, the Warriors, how they go etc 
But if he did roam, I'd be like, oh, absolutely. I think it just ups their ceiling so, so much more, and I feel a lot better about it, especially at the Warriors. He got a lot of good ball there, but they're just so right edge dominant with SJ and with Tennis Lesniak and whatnot. So I just don't know how much ball, like good attacking ball they're going to get there, but uh, time will tell. Question from Jonty. Is Sam Walker a play in the early rounds as a stepping stone for Cleary in round five? Only looking for him to make money above his 60 average to spend the extra 300k elsewhere. Look, it's a good question. I just, like, they have an okay draw to start the season, the Roosters. Obviously, the Vegas trip is a question mark. Maddie, I think you're running Nico Hines and Nathan Cleary in your halves, like like a lot of people out there, a lot of super coaches out there. I'm just happy to spend the extra cash and lock in the players that we know will be the best in the position. I look at risk v reward, and the reward of starting someone like Sammy Walker, and if he can come an average even within 10 or 15 of, of say, Nathan Cleary, and then you do make that move and you bank some really quality cash off the back of it in round five whenever you upgrade – It'll be a masterstroke, but the risk is that Sammy Walker comes out and averages 40, Nathan Cleary comes out and averages 110, and you are just playing on the back foot from round one. So, look, as I said, it could be a masterstroke, but not for me. Maddie, have you tinkered with starting outside of Nico and Cleary at all? No, mate, haven't even looked at it. I think I think the best gauge, I can't remember if it was you or Spy or, or Guru who or Des or whoever it was that was saying, like, the players that scare you, you know, to watch that you don't have in your team. Yeah. Um, you know, they're the ones that you want in your team. And for me, Hines and Cleary, you know, they're too scary not to own. And like you touched on there, obviously, Sammy Walker, yeah, I mean, he's an option. But, you know, Hines and Cleary, are, you know, they're a captaincy option each week. You know, I can't – well, I, I wouldn't be thinking to be captain and sort of Sammy Walker, you know, especially in you know with the draw early in you know in in the season oh. i can't see myself captaining him in any games and if you don't have one of these other two in cleary and Hines, you know and you miss out on a, a big ton and you know half the super coaches out there have captained them and you're sitting there with sammy walker who punches out of 40 then all of a sudden you you know you're a fair way behind to begin so yeah them Oh, they're too scary for me not to own, so I won't be going down that path. But, um, yeah, there's, there's no right or wrong. Yeah, and it's it's a good point you make and one that we, we do touch on from time to time, but, like, worth reiterating like you've done there. If you are anti-potting one of these players and, and it is, say, a Cleary or a Nico and it is a week where they come out and they go their 150 against softer opposition, I know Penrith do have a tough draw, so it'll be interesting whether people do skipper him on early uh, as opposed to Nico who has a softer draw, but so they come out and go 150 and people skip him and you've got Sam Walker who gets 40 year in licorice, all sorts. Mate, a question from Matt morning, Tim and the skip of the nation, Matty Ryan with your love of the green machine. How do you see their one to six lineup <clears throat> when all available for selection? It's a good question. And one that I would be surprised if Ricky Stewart had an answer to because Chevy Stewart has been named on the extended uh, on the bench for the Raiders this week, not starting. They've actually thrown Albert Hopawade. They're starting in the team. Chevy just looks like he needs a bit more time in New South Wales Cup to me. So I'm not necessarily expecting Chevy to be there round one. I hope for Supercoach's sake, and I hope as a Raiders fan's sake, that it is Chevy because it means he's done enough 
to tell Ricky, all right, I'm ready to go, pick me coach. And the upside to him, he looks like a future star. But we've got to remember, he's like 18 years old or something. He's quite small. So I'm not convinced Chevy will be there. And I'm nearly putting a line through him as a cheapie uh, for the time being. It could be any number of players at fullback to start the season, whether they consider throwing someone like Jordan Rapana back there or, I mean, I don't think it'll be Albert Hopperwade, but a little bit telling he has been named there. We know Seb Chris did a good job there last season. Uh, I expect full strength, Matty Timiko at centre with Sebi Chris. Jamal will obviously be at seven. Fogarty, the number six battle, honestly, it, it seems like K.O. Weeks has had a mortgage on that, but the fact that Ethan Strange has been named in the halves, both trials, he looks pretty good. Weeks has been okay. Weeks probably gets it, but if Weeks has a poor trial this week and Strange kills it, I think it'll be Strange and Fogarty there. Uh, and in terms of the wingers, yeah, probably Rapana and... Jeez, just named about a 1,000 people. I've lost track of it. Probably Rapana and Albert Hopperwade there. Moving on. No, to, no, no Nick Kotrick? I don't think so, mate. I just – he was good in the first trial. I just yeah. – Sticky seems to love Albert Hopperwade and it was also really good for us last year. So I think based on that, Jordan Rapana is likely going to be the other winger unless he were to get moved to fullback for a period. I'm not sure. But I think probably Rapana and Hopawadi. Guys, as mentioned in the last week's podcast, we are teaming up again with Gareth White and his team at Seacal. Basically, if you're out there and you're doing it a bit tough on the punt, you're struggling to control your punting, there's help available and could not recommend and push any more. Go and get some help with it. I've sat down with, with Gareth a few times and it normally starts with a half an hour conversation about Supercoach and his team and the Sharkies and all that sort of thing. Uh, but when we get into the nitty-gritty of it and, and I sort of speak about how do we get the, the message across to people that are struggling with a little bit, and a lot of things have stood out, but one of them is that he said they might not be massively problem gamblers out there as such or people that think they are, but it puts a lot of strain on relationships, whether it be with family members or in particular their partners and, you know, you have a bad day on the punt, a bad weekend on the punt, and it just boils over. It leads to arguments and all sorts of different things. That's a sign of problem gambling. I said, you don't have to be going broke and having zero money in your bank account. It can be a lot smaller than that, uh, but also having a big impact on your life. So, guys, don't sit here and listen to me say this for the next six, seven, eight months. Reach out now. It can change your life. To do that, you can email Gareth on gareth.w at ckl.org.au. Ckl is spelled C-E-C-A-L. Phone them on 02 or probably the easiest way to do it, on Instagram, direct message them at Gambling C-E-C-A-L. It is free of charge. It is completely com- confidential, so reach out today. Question from Matt O. It's great to be talking Supercoach again. If, Hughes, if Sam Hughes is named to start, I'm considering putting him in front row too, so meaning in a starting role for a Supercoach team. That allows me to go Pappenhausen to Turbo. What are your thoughts? I've basically done that as it stands in my latest team reveal. And I'm currently starting Sammy Hughes. He doesn't even need to go that good at the price. If he can just punch out a 40 to 45 average. Again, I like you, Maddie. I needed to find those funds to go from Pappenhausen up to Trebojevic in my latest team. And that's where I did it, going from a mid-ranger down to a starting Sammy Hughes. There is some risk in it in that if you have, like, say, one decent front row forward starting and then three other cheapies, if they're all punching out 30s, you're dropping some points there. But, Maddie, the closer we get to the start of the season, 
the better I feel about starting the cheapies in the front row. I know it can backfire, but look, if worst case scenario, there's three front row forward cheapies I've got and I'm rotating between to fill that second front row forward slot, come out and bang out a 30. Um, and, you know, I could have got a mid-ranger there who's belting out 55, 60. I think worst case, I'm costing myself like 30 points, but I'm banking a lot of money elsewhere. How do you sit on that that one at the moment? Yeah, I did the exact same thing. I, I got Jai uh, Arrow out of my team and I, I got in, I penciled in um, Henry from the Panthers. It was him or Mariotta, who I think you mentioned on the the Beers and Break Evens. Yeah, I don't mind Mariotta. Um, well, I've got Henry in there at the minute, so yeah, I'm running Terrell May and Hughes at the minute, and you know, starting uh, for props, and I did that in order to go Puppy up to to Turbo. So yeah, um, I'm much yeah, I feel much better about that with uh, Turbo there at fullback. Um, who you did you end up? Did you who you get out of your team, Terrell May or Jai Arrow, which mid ranger? <laughs> I've currently got kidding? Jai Arrow, but I'm warming to Terrell May after his performance on the weekend. Yeah. What's funny is that I was struggling to find two decent mid range front rowers, and then out of the weekend, Jai Arrow played on the edge, played decent minutes, and looked pretty good. Talis Duncan played through the middle, so that looks like that's where they want him this season, or at least to start. So I was kind of like, you know what? Terrell May killed it. Maybe they're a decent little mid-range front row pairing. And it potentially answered that question. And then all of a sudden, just this new team structure came up. I'm like, oh, do I just start Sammy Hughes there? It's tempting. Mate, moving on to the next question from Dylan. Hey, mate. First-time subscriber to SC Playbook. I absolutely love the content during the preseason and chat from the community. Thank you, mate. We are setting up, actually, with SC Playbook, a ton of contributor-named leagues. So we've got about 14 of them named after all the contributors uh, at SC Play. But Matty Ryan is one of them. I don't think I asked his permission, but we've, uh, we've thrown him in there and he is one of the names. So hopefully Matty's on board with that one. Uh, and what we're doing is we're going to throw out the random codes in the WhatsApp chat and get all the SC Playbook subscribers. Randomly jump in, first in, best dressed. Should hopefully be able to fill them up with a bit of luck. If not, we'll throw them out to the SC Playbook public on our social media channels uh, and basically if you're in clementine's league she'll be in it with you if you're in the spies league spy will be in it with you and create a bit of banter and have our while the contributor essentially hosted leagues uh, to compete with throughout the year continuing on with the question we also set up i think three three draft leagues as well which is good going what are your thoughts on the makeup of the tigers pack i've got a good feeling for a bounce pack season from ipap but the buyers are obviously not ideal I like IPAP, and he starts at 568K. He averaged 79 in 2022, 78 in 2021. Obviously, that was at the Eels in a far stronger side where he was just an Adonis. Even last year, 56 with not many attacking stats to his name, a new-look Tigers outfit now. If there wasn't so many good 2RF mid-ranges around that 4-450K mark, I was probably going to roll the not roll the dice because he's quite reliable but uh, and start with Isaiah Papali'i uh, around their pack like as far as I'm concerned he's locked into an 80 minute role he's not old he's one of the best well could be the best player in their team your edges are going to be he hasn't been cited in the preseason but assuming he's good to go John Bateman Isaiah Papali'i on the edges Luis Stefano Udakamanu David Klemmer front row Api Corris out nine the 13's a bit of a mystery, whether it whether it's Fanua Bole or Justin Matamua. 
or someone like that. Uh, I'm not too sure. But, yeah, I, I, I think if you like Papali'i, I've got no knock on it at all. Maddie, what are your thoughts as an Eels fan? You saw him at his absolute best for you, boys. What do you reckon? Yeah, mate, he's an absolute gun. Um, a victim of yeah, being in a poor team last year. But as you touched on there, all the changes that they've had, um, for me personally, just like I said, the, there's more value, I think, um, in that you know, second row position, uh, super coach wise. And I've sort of gone that avenue. But I think, you know, you get an extra week with a, you know, to have a look at him with the Tigers having a buy. And if one of those second uh, rollers aren't firing and he's come to, you know, he's come out and brained it, um, perhaps you can, you know, find the funds to, um, you know, upgrade to him. Yeah. No, good shout. A uh, good question from Dave. What's your thoughts on Valentine Holmes over Hamiso Tabuai Fido? An easier trade down if it doesn't go well, and if he does go large, I'm not chasing. I am happy with Hammer at 136k cheaper. I do get, you know, you can spin the pricing any way you want, and I, I do it all the time to suit whatever case I or whatever point I'm trying to push. But it's still 136k that you can spend elsewhere in your team. And, you know, Hammer at 600K, if that falls flat on its ass and I need to trade him, it's still not much to upgrade him to someone like Val Holmes. And, you know, if there is someone who kills at a cheapy or a mid-range early on, easy to get them in as well. Uh, on Val Holmes, Maddie, I'm reluctant to pay 736K for him straight away. That being said, the Cowboys have a good draw to start the year. They, Val kicking goals, there's so much promise in their team this year. Not for me, but I can see why people are going there. And he could come out and just go whack, 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 average 85 plus, And before we know it, everyone's trying to pay 800K for him. Yeah, I think from memory, I think you and I started with him last year, Val. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, he, he sort of, he was just yeah. coming out banging out 60s, wasn't he? And then... He came yeah, out, it was rock solid. Yeah, 60s, like in four of his first five games and 88 in round six. Yeah, and then I, and then I think like you also, I think I sold him around the Origin period, and he ended yeah. up backing up nearly every game, and he brained it, didn't he? Hitting a couple of tons and stuff, and I, I didn't own him again that season. So, um, you know, there's a there's a bit of uh, filth, you know, when when his name comes up in in that regard. But um, I mean, that's probably a bit harsh. He done a job whilst I had him, you know. But uh, yeah. I can definitely see the appeal, especially with the Cowboys draw, and you know, we know he's ceiling and. Um, you know, I definitely can't knock the move if the, if people can find the funds to get him in. It's just, you know, me looking at my team and the guns at fullback and halfback and all that. I'm I'm not sure I can get a you know a premium, yeah, centre three quarter in my side as well. I mean, I'm already running pretty much almost two cheapies at front row, so I don't know where I'll be yeah. able to get more cash to, to bring someone like him in. But uh, yeah, definitely would would love to be having him at some stage. That's for sure. Maddie, I'd almost erased Val Holmes from my memory of last year. Uh, so thanks for bringing that up. And as you said, it's not like he did poorly for us. He averaged really solidly up until Origin and did a job. But it was one of the most no-brainer trades that I've seen. Round He played round 12 against the Tigers and got 52. He was then missing, or well, something like four of the – he was missing three of the next four weeks, <coughs> including the chance of not backing up from Origin. We sold him round 12, or I know I did, missed 13 due to Origin, came out round 14, backed up from Origin and scored 150 against the Storm. He then had the buy in round 15 for the Cowboys, had Origin round 16 and missed that game, 
came out round 17 against the Bunnies, backed up from Origin with 91, and then scored 117 against the Tigers. Had the bye, backed up from Origin straight away against Manly and scored 93. That is the stuff of nightmares. Yeah, it's bringing back uh, nightmares, that's for sure. Oh. There might have been a few that were able to hold on to him just due to, you know, too many other problems in their sides and they got fortunate in that sense. But uh, if you chose to hold him over that period, based even, you know, you'd done your homework on his draw and all that, I mean, surely it was, uh, you know, a no-brainer to sell with that schedule that he had. I, you know what? I get a lot of things wrong. That was just bullshit. (laughs) Um, Hey, we'll wrap it up with one more question, mate. And it is a good one to finish on from Dylan Taylor. Thoughts on running Appy Coruscant and Jeremy Marshall King at hooker while having Hines, Cleary, Brown, Ponga and Turbo. Holy moly, this fella. Look with the most stacked spine I've ever seen, certainly this preseason. And, Matty, not, I haven't seen many people considering running that gun-gun-hooker um, combination. <clears throat> I'm, Appy's on my radar after goal-kicking in the trial. He actually hit him at, I think we sat on the potty the other night, but about 85 or 87% at the end of last season when he took over the kicking. But you've got a good ball running, <coughs> pardon me, attacking number nine, who's now goal kicking. He's the key sort of focal point in attack for that team. I'm warming to Happy Corris now. The round one buy is very annoying. And, you know, if Talon De Silva or Simp can get named on the bench, which is a decent chance he plays 60 minutes, Happy. That's also a concern. Look, I don't love the gun-gun hooker scenario. I think it's a good place to save money. That being said, we know that we might not get our cheapy Eels hooker because they might split a role. Jaden Braley's got a hamstring injury. Cheese, Brandon Smith, starting to be a bit more appealing, but he was no good last year and has the Vegas trip, so we'd have to lock him in early. I'm looking to go cheaper hooker with a gun. How do you see that? Uh, and what are your thoughts on Appy in particular? Yeah, Appy came into my side when he had the goal kick in and I did a, a deeper dive into his scores as well um, at the back end of last season. Obviously, he missed quite a few games there with injury um, also. But, you know, I think, you know, with the goal kick in, his average is obviously definitely up there around, you know, um, you know Jeremy, Jeremy Marshall King and, and Harry Grant also. And yeah. With, you know, Harry Grant's tough start to the season as well, tough draw. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, at that bit more value, that cheaper price, he, he's in there for me at the minute. Um, and hopefully you can just sort of figure out what the Eels are going to do there with their hooker and, you know, either one of them in playing an 80-minute role, then I'm happy to probably just start the season with the two of them and, um, yeah, then just adjust as we go. Yeah, I'm I'm warming to that Appy and say like hands or Lusik combination as well if they can get it because if they do get an 80 minute roll, look, I've said before I'm not going to tear my team apart for one week because of a buy uh, the, the team that I'm happy with starting. So look, if I can get an 80 minute hands or, or Lusik in round one and play them, then have Appy there ready to go for round two. Uh, I don't mind doing that. I like that combination. Maddie, we'll wrap that up for the episode, mate. It's uh, it is later at night over there in the Netherlands. So thank you for jumping on. Appreciate it as always, mate. Uh, My pleasure, mate. And uh, I can't go without um, giving a a shout out to Spy. I mean, he did text (laughs) me to ask him, you know, to ask me to to shout him out on the potty. And uh, he goes, um, 
give me a shout out and let me know, you know, let me know by who's your, your favorite Williams brother. And I was going to go with, uh, I was going to go with Sammy Williams. That way I could obviously split the two of you. But in the end, I said, oh, Spy would be my favorite uh, Williams because I beat him every year. So <laughs> I was about to say, far out, demoted to number three straight off the bat. I was going to say, so there's your shout out, Spy. <laughs> Mate, you've got, uh, I was actually meaning to bring that up earlier, so I'm glad you did. And the, there's actually been a market framed Matty Ryan v the Supercoach Spy this year, and off the back of back to back titles over the Spy, you know, you're bidding for a three peak. The bookies have actually got you at a dollar eighteen. The Spy's blown out to three dollars eighty four for this season. How are you feeling going into it uh, for that three peak? I'd still say there's some value in me on that. So, <laughs> um, I'm confident, you know. So if uh, if you're willing to make some easy money, then uh, get on. Yeah, good stuff. Cheers for coming on, Maddie, and good luck for the rest of the season. No worries. Thanks for having me, Timmy, mate. Thanks, mate. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 